0: This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis Now, we bring you a discussion on efforts to tackle climate change. The participants are Mukul Sanwal, environmentalist and Vijay Kranti, journalist. Today India is hosting a very unique kind of convention which is United Nations Convention to Combat Desertification. Mr. Sanwal, India is hosting such a huge convention which is a very unique one. 197 countries of the world with about 5000 delegates who are experts and policy makers from across the world. They are uh, here in Delhi to find out ways how to stop desertification and uh, improve the quality of land and soil. Does it show that the situation is really bad? The history of this convention is that when it was being negotiated in 1992,
1: the developed countries raised the issue that land degradation is not a global issue. It was particularly countries in Africa which insisted that for them this is as good as a global issue because the desert is spreading, people are dependent on the land, and if the land gets degraded they lose income. And in that sense it should be defined as a global issue because the entire world community must come to help them, particularly in the light of climate change and other global changes that are taking place. Now the international community accepted that. By accepting that, the international community also agreed that countries would need help to take care of this problem. And the help could take different forms. It could take finance, it could be technology, or it could also be exchange of experience. So what we are witnessing is that the entire world is here today, and they are discussing among themselves the nature of the problem and the solutions, and particularly the kind of experience each country has had. Now, this is one way of dealing with the global problem, because it is a problem of global scale. It might not be affecting every country, but it affects 3 billion people. And it is spreading. So more people are going to be affected and these are particularly the poor countries and the poor in those countries. So I think this is a very major achievement for India to have hosted this because it also shows the commitment of the government of India to this issue, both nationally and internationally.
0: The first convention took place in 1994 and today what we are witnessing in New Delhi it's the 14th one. The target is that by 2030 this problem should be solved. Being the 14th convention and having been from 94 it means 25 years already. Do you think these 25 years there has been a significant progress that we have good reason to believe that the target of 2030 is going to be achieved?
1: See what happens in conventions of this nature is that the first years devoted really to getting to understand the problem. Because it is a problem of different countries at different levels of uh, development and the nature of the problem varies from country to country so to have a common understanding as to what should be the priorities it itself a major task because each country comes with its own perspective. Now that phase is over. The convention has been established. Its institutions are clear. And there is a work plan. There is a scientific assessment and work plan. So the preparatory work takes a long time in international negotiations and international convention. Once the preparatory work is over and people start c- focusing on implementation, which is what is happening, then the implementation makes things easier for two reasons. One is that there is a greater global consensus on the nature of the problem, but also on the nature of the solutions. But the nature of this con- Convention is that it is confined to mainly the poor countries. And so the poor countries are not asking the rich countries for something. Basically, this is about a forum to exchange ideas and exchange views on how to solve the problem. And this is what is taking place. And therefore, meetings like this, along with the scientific base and the delegates who attend, who are not only diplomats, but also science-based people of each country, the spread of knowledge takes place as to what worked in a particular country. And when they go back, implementation becomes easier, policy-making becomes easy, because you don't need to experiment, Hmm. because you know what has worked, and what it takes to make it work in a particular Hmm. country.
0: But you see, the target is not very small. target is that by 2020, which means by next year, we should have achieved the goal of recovering 150 million, means 15 crore hectares of land. And then by 2030, the target is 350 million, which means 35 crore hectares of land. Do you think the technology for it and the willpower and the seriousness really exists among the countries which are participating? International target making cannot be enforced.
1: That is the nature of the international treaties. But they do serve as a benchmark for governments to aim towards a certain path. Now, that the people have achieved. And then you have periodic meetings, which again force, in a way, countries to review what has happened domestically before they come to the international level. Now, take our case on. Also, we have just announced a new program. Part of it was triggered by this meeting. And part of it has been triggered by the nature of the problem itself. So it is easier to get funds, it is easier to focus attention, both nationally and internationally. So these meetings play a very important part. And even if the target is not achieved, once national governments move in that direction and the local people see the advantage, then implementation takes place at a very fast pace.
0: Just very recently, our uh, minister, Mr. Prakash Jaudekar, who is also the host of this uh, convention, he has announced a flagship program for five states, Haryana, Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra, Nagaland and Karnataka and then it has to be taken beyond these states. Do you think India has the required uh, technology and resources? Let us believe that we have the willpower, but then it has to be supplemented by technology and uh, resources. You see, the selection of these districts shows that the government has not chosen desert areas.
1: The government has chosen areas where land degradation has taken place. And the government has also chosen areas which have some of rainfall. It is not that these areas have no rainfall. You mean it is doable? It is doable because if rainfall is conserved, which is what happened traditionally in these very areas, the first ruler who established Delhi also established a bandhi, a water conservation and the wall is still available. They realized that it is not just the Jamna river that is required, but we also need to conserve that monsoon rainfall. Now, if once we can start a movement of conserving the monsoon rainfall, which had happened traditionally, which had got into disuse, because we had introduced new technology of pumping water or bringing water through canals. Unfortunately,
0: we have also lost that basic wisdom. For example, even in places like Delhi or uh, other cities, which were surviving on the local uh, ponds, Bhavadis, in most places, we have leveled them and uh, created the uh, colonies over those water resources. Do you think it can be undone? Yes, it can be undone. And
1: effort is taking place right in Delhi to do that and in other Baulis. You are quite right. These historical Baulis are very deep. They have pakka structures. But they had gone into Hmm. disuse because we got into the habit of pumping water, the engineering solution. But we forgot that the engineering solution only takes water from one point to the other. If the source dries up, then you have no water to take. Now we are looking at the source of the water, that is conservation of the monsoon. Hmm. India is blessed with two monsoons. If we conserve the monsoon rainfall, it will not only recharge the groundwater. And plus snow also. Snow, because this monsoon also leads to snow that recharges those rivers. So, even with climate change, Indian scientists have predicted that glaciers will not melt because the major glaciers which are the source of our major rivers are not receding there is huge amount of snow cover and it is not melting it is the smaller glaciers that will vanish but they are not important for us but we have to be careful similarly monsoon distribution may change but the total rainfall will not change so there is a scope to conserve the rainfall and what falls in the himalayas as what falls in these districts with the minister is selected and if we can make the success of the bandis and introduce drip irrigation and other modern technologies we can certainly make an impact and change this reversal process that is taking place improve the quality of the land
0: here comes the very basic issue of conventional wisdom the historic wisdom or collective wisdom luckily India has been very rich in that field if we see examples of uh, places like Jaisalmer which has hardly rain in the whole year they created uh, their own technologies of preserving water like tanka and uh, they have never suffered shortage of water in that sense. Do you think this conventional wisdom, collective wisdom has to be revived? Yes, it has to be revived. Look at Jasar you said look at Chittorgarh.
1: Chittorgarh faced a number of sieges, but there was never a shortage of water. It was food ran out or they came out to fight. But they didn't come out to fight because they ran out of water. Even though there is no spring, it is only rainfall. And this you can see throughout India. Now, the traditional wisdom had not vanished from our country because it is civilizational wisdom. It is very strong, it is part of our tradition, it is part of our songs, it is part of our literature. What is missing is that land use changed, land regulation changed. The British introduced new land laws which took away the village boundaries and the village lands and made them into government land. Earlier village lands meant that collectively the village looked after these things, collectively cleaned the ponds, looked after these
0: ponds. But at the same time, we have not been unfortunately as wise as we used to be. Take example of Punjab and Haryana, which were very rich for production of wheat and very high quality wheat. But they suddenly discovered that uh, Basmati gives you more money. So they left wheat cultivation and took to rice, which has degraded the lands and especially political decisions like making electricity free for drawing water from underground. Do you think we have to go back on such decisions? We
1: are going back in a sense. As urbanization is taking place, for example, and the middle class is getting rich, diabetes is also spreading. And one cure for diabetes is changing the diet, going back to coarse grains, millets, and other grains which were grown in the areas where the minister is now focusing on. And these grains were what was popular in this country. This new miracle wheat and rice have been introduced from outside. So we had these coarse grains, we remained healthy and now there is a huge demand of the coarse grains. One can clearly see that Bandhi's conservation of moisture, going back to these traditional cropping patterns which are good for the soil, we do not degrade the soil also, they do not need high levels of fertilizer. And there is a huge demand from the urban areas and people are prepared to pay high values. It is quite likely, I see, as middle class incomes increase, the workmental value of millets may be more than (laughs) the basmati rice. And then people will
0: switch to it. Let's shift to another issue from the traditional one to the modern one. Today we are equipped with most modern and useful knowledge. For example, India is a space uh, power. The ISRO's uh, satellites are very well capable of tracing the changes in land use land's uh, fertility, land's richness. So do you think this kind of experience with India and learning from Israel, do you think this exchange of information and resources is going to make a difference and make such a convention successful?
1: Earlier, land related to local knowledge, local values, local systems. You have very rightly said with satellite imagery, we have an idea of not only the condition of the land but the changes in the land. And satellite imagery can be shared, it is cheap, that adds a new dimension. The second new dimension is that the meetings like this exchange experience, and the third is for relevant for our country that we not only have the ISRO and the satellite imagery, but for example, the Indian Meteorological Institute is now working on the Indian monsoon, and they have found that global models do not operate on the Indian monsoon because the monsoon is something unique to India. Malayas are not there in any other country, so normal trade winds shift. For example, the trade winds that come, the monsoon wind that hits Darjeeling, then shifts, takes a right turn, glows along the Indo-Gangetic plain and goes to the western Himalaya. Now this kind of phenomena doesn't exist anywhere else because the mountain ranges are not so high. The monsoon or the rain patterns, rain clouds can go over them. Now we have started studying that and they are in an advanced stage to find models to develop this thinking as to what the changing pattern of rainfall will be. So modern science is equally important supplement the changes that have taken place. Earlier global change was not taking place because of human intervention. Now because of climate change and urbanization, this intervention is coming up. And uh, sharing of conventional yes. and uh, traditional wisdom. Uh, India is in the forefront of this. So India is in a position to share this knowledge with Africa and other countries which are similar to India. Mm. It is not only that we are learning drip irrigation, but we can also teach countries in Africa because their conditions are more relevant to ours mm. than to Western Europe or other countries which are much richer and have a different agriculture pattern. Use of machinery, for example. Mm. We don't have that machinery mm. used in our country or in Africa. So I think it is a very important time for us. We have come to a level where we can share this knowledge with others. And colleagues. I
0: think this sharing has become all the more important because mm-hmm. this deals with the so many basic issues which all these countries are facing, for example, climate change, poverty, food security, drinking water, sanitation and uh, employment. So this affects all these issues. That calls for more cooperation and more serious. And most of Africa
1: is affected by this. So it also will give opportunity in India to reach out to Africa and share this knowledge with them. And improve our relations with them. And improve our relations with them. So I think that is a major shift in our approach to the world and our approach to our neighbors and approach to science and technology because now we have started harnessing science and technology to deal with these local problems.
0: So that shows the current ongoing UNCCD convention here is a very opportunity coming at the right time for India and uh, especially those countries who share same problems, especially from the African continent, to come on the common platform like this, share their experience, share their collective and traditional knowledge and their resources. Let us hope that this convention is going to make a big difference. As you said, this leads to international cooperation. Yes, of course. So let us hope this is a great opportunity both for India and the whole world to come out of those problems which we have been facing since long. Thank Thank you 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 very much, Mr. Mukul Sanwal. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on efforts to tackle climate change. The participants were Mukul Sanwal, environmentalist, and Vijay Kwanti, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.